Did he deserve the fine? Yes. Yes. Did he deserve the one more match ban? No. Wow. Yeah, Why? Uh, okay, so to me, is the fine is quite enough. Okay. Um, adding the ban just means one thing. The referees association seems to be of a dictatorship. Four, four, two, dudes. And hello, welcome back to another episode of Fora, Fora, Two, Dudes. No, I made that sound because it's the F1 season at this time of recording. So, hello, people. I am Ben. I'm John. And together, we are the dudes that bring you 442. So, of course, uh, if you've been following us, thank you very much. And uh, really, don't forget to hit that button of subscribe. And again, this is brought to you by CCB TV. Don't forget to follow also. Follow. Yeah, follow. Oh, yeah, next segment. 90 minutes off. Alright, welcome back guys to the episode of 442 and now we're moving on to the first segment called 90 Minutes Off. Now for this last week, we we actually took place, not took place, we actually watched a lot of yeah, uh, yeah, European did, quali- did, international did. qualifiers uh, over the World Cup qualifiers, the Euro qualifiers and throughout this campaign, there were a few record breakers taking oh, place yeah. this week. So, and the most famous of them all is Lamin Yamal. Oh uh, yeah, the one that you pronounced wrongly. Uh, yes, I, I know last week, <laughs> for those of you who watched last week, I, I apologize. I mentioned Lamin Yasal. I think there was some autocorrect typo, thing. Typo. I'm very sorry about that. But yes, let me get his name right again. Lamin Yamal. That's so, right. Man, what, what, what did he break? Which record did he break? I mean, first of all, you know, besides his age being the youngest player. By the way, youngest player, you know, 16 years old and uh, 57 days into his age. I mean... I was doing my, uh, what's that? O-level. I wasn't doing this record-breaking. Yeah. And and he was also the youngest goal scorer when Spain went up against Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the scoreline was 7-1. So. He got the case, last goal, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, he, was, he was brilliant. I think the way uh, he, he, he just, you know, he gelled with the team, the chemistry. At 16 years old, who does that? I mean, in, in, a, in a talented squad like that. So... You know, the best thing about, about him is that he's not even phased by the occasion. Yeah, he, he wasn't. He just did, went do his thing yeah. and then, oh my goodness. He, the way, his composure for a 16-year-old is I fantastic. Mean, it's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He, he wasn't, yeah. That's what he's and some fun facts. There's some fun facts for you guys. Okay. So, before Lamin Yamal scored um, for Spain in the yeah. last game, let me, let me ask you okay, this question. Yeah, yeah, then, ask please. Because I, I did my research. Okay, I, I didn't, but okay. Maybe you guys can, can, can yeah, try as well. Yeah. Who was the previous holder of the youngest goal scorer in a European qualifying campaign? Gavi. Make a guess. No, not Gavi. European qualifying. Qualifying, qualifying. Uh, um, uh, I'm not... Walk out. There's someone that all of you are very familiar with. Uh, he recently retired. Oh, not Theo Walker. No. Oh, who? The answer is Gareth Bale. Oh. Yes. So Gareth Bale oh, was, the, okay. was the previous record holder for the youngest goal scorer in a European qualifying campaign. And his record stands at 17 years and 83 days when he scored Wales' only goal in a 5 1 defeat against Slovakia back in 2006. Wow. And 2006, Lamin Yama wasn't even born yet. <laughs> yeah, I was actually 16 years old. Oh my gosh. I think. No. Really? Nah. No. 
Another fun fact, right? So he broke he broke uh three records, isn't it? So one of them you mentioned was the youngest player ever yep, for yep, Spain, yep, right? Yep, yep. Um he was also the youngest goal scorer. Goal scorer. Yeah, so we we touched on the goal scorer uh, record. Now, another fun fact. Okay, well, another one. Yes. So Lamin Yamal, if you realize, I only said youngest player for Spain. Yeah. But I didn't mention he was the youngest player for the European qualifiers. No. Because mm-hmm. he didn't break that record. Oh, then who did? At 16 years old and 15, 7 days, yeah. he is still not the youngest ever to appear. So there's someone yes. younger. Yes. And this person now okay. is actually playing in the Premier League. You want to make a guess who no that is? No way. I have no idea. I can't Just think of anyone guess. younger. I can't think of he's, anyone he's younger. Playing, he's playing for one of the top teams. Really? Yes, yes, yes. Even worse, I can't... I, 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 what? No, can't be Jude. He's a very good friend of, uh, 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 um, of, of Erling. But... Uh, 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 I... Um, <laughs> Phil Foden, no. I mean, so like, who, who is oh my goodness. You don't know? No, I don't know. After no all idea. the clues. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the youngest ever player yeah. that has appeared uh, in a European qualifier is actually Martin Odegaard. Oh, who just signed also contract. Okay, but wow. Yes. And his record oh. stands at 15. 15 years and 300 days when Norway beat Bulgaria 2-1 in 2014. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a fun fact yep. for me and perhaps a fun fact for you. And he actually made his he actually made his debut for Norway, I think 150 days after he 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 made his debut in the Norwegian top league. Uh, the, the first league. So yeah, yeah. So interesting facts. It must be all the salmon. That's exactly. Right and now. and Lemin Yama wasn't the only one that broke records uh, in terms oh. of the youngest player and okay. also back. Who, who else? So we move on to the World Cup qualifying campaign okay. in South America. Right. So Ecuador also fielded a player. Yeah. Um, for their qualifying campaign. Correct, and his name is Kendra Pais. Oh, uh, yes. how how old is he? Um, or how young? Oh my goodness, I didn't write this down. But uh, I think sixteen la. years and it's oh, also sixteen. About years sixteen years. years. Sixteen Look years. at all the sixteen, 16 years. Sixteen years or? and don't know how many days. I Look think you can that. see on the screen. Yeah, you yes. can see on the screen there. Look at that. Oh Correct, and he's the youngest player ever for Ecuador, and also the youngest player ever in a South American World Cup qualifying campaign. Okay. I think I don't know. What's your take, Ben, on on all this? Calling up young people, calling up uh, players in yeah. their six, when they're sixteen and seventeen. Do you think they are actually ready no, I for think, the international stage? I, I think we we spoke briefly about this last season. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's the new age of being an eighteen to twenty year old. It used to be, you know, the under twenty ones that what, you see someone who's nineteen year old in the in mm-hmm, the in mm-hmm. the first team, and you go, mm. "Oh, can her? I mean, is it possible?" Yep. And then now it's just, oh yeah, you know, you are expected at that age to perform. Um, that's why I see. At 19? At, no, at about 20, 18, 19, 20. You, you expected to perform already. Now, given at 16, you are, you are now the new breed that's supposed to come in. So the 16 is the new 18. Yeah, it's, it feels <laughs> like that. I mean, for, for football, for football. Yeah, for football. It's interesting you mentioned that because back in the day, right? I, I, if, you are, if you are making a debut at 21, 22, you are actually considered a young, yeah, you're a really young exactly. player. But, but no, it, it seems that like once it. you're 21, 22, you're yeah. supposed to be somewhat of a veteran already, yeah. right? That's what we're seeing now. You're supposed to be. You gotta know your 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 stuff. Gotta know your shit. Now it feels like it's it's different. They are trying to debut their academy players, and and it feels like it, which is a good thing. I feel really. Yeah, I feel. Why 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 is that a good thing? Then? Well, in terms of uh, club, in terms of country, you're giving these players a chance to play, uh, a chance to show their talent. Yeah. So I I think. But wouldn't yeah. that Kind of like, so in, in, in essence, right, you're trying to prolong their career because now we are looking at players going playing all the way into their late 30s, yeah, 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 early yeah. 40s. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's essentially a 20 plus year kind of career. 
in a way, and I think it's also to give them experience because some of them, what well, I feel, I feel, if you don't give them that quick start at, 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 at an early age, uh, they're just going to lose that momentum. And, and we've seen that, you know, with players who, who were in their 18, 19, 20, 21, and they eventually just fell out of the system. Uh, this is exactly yeah. why this is why I, worry. I I only remember because I remember playing FIFA. This is very weird. I was playing FIFA a long time ago, and I remember a Liverpool player that I liked. I don't think he's there anymore. Pachico. Did you remember the name? Then Daniel Danny, Pachico. Daniel Pachico or something like that. Argentinian. Yes. Or something. So I remember Spanish. using yeah, I remember using him a lot. Uh, and he just fell out of the system. And he was quite young also. So 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 these are players, you know, you, you see them I mean, I, I I saw them playing games, uh, but you, you could see them coming up, but somehow just fell out of the system. Huh? So so you know, I, I like that they're starting it young mm. and I like that they're giving these players chance because now we're remembering them. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. That's fair enough, fair enough. I mean, I, okay, for, for me, I just think the other way. I, th- I think they are too young. Oh, is it? I know I've been, I'm, I mean, the advocate of if you're good enough, you're old enough. Yeah. But I don't know. It, it seems like it's happening all too often. And yeah. it's almost like they're they trying to shorten their careers again. I oh, don't know. Okay, I, okay. Well, so that's a very interesting statement from you where you say why? they're shortening their career. Because they're starting so early. Too, oh. So and I don't think injuries. I, that's what I feel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, so let's that, let's let's move away from individuals. Let's move yeah. on to a team Who, so, whose uh, manager is about to shorten his uh, 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 lifespan. Lifespan. I thought you said shorten his hair, but I mean that too. Uh, uh, so we are actually uh, talking about Portugal, right? So Portugal actually just achieved their biggest ever win in their history—a nine-nil win against Luxembourg. Yeah. And Cristiano didn't ever play because he was suspended. But, mm. I mean, with a team against Luxembourg, no, 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 no disrespect, you know. But you, know. you just, I, I'm no, I'm just saying Luxembourg is is good, but Portugal has talents. Yeah, like like Man United's Bruno Fernandes. Yeah, he had a hat trick of assists I, and including yeah. a Traveller crossed. It's like a Modric or a Quaresma, you know, esque kind of. I'm mean, using this. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's kind of esque, T A A esque, and then now it's a Modric. It's such a big win. I don't know if you guys know. Um, the manager of Luxembourg decided to just, you know, just call it a day mm-hmm. before the 90, 90th minute. Call it a day before the 90th minute? A- as in, he just walked back to the to the dressing Even room. Even before area. the game Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I saw a report saying so. I mean... Oh <laughs> my goodness. And the fun fact, right? I, mean, I don't know. I've been doing my research. So just some yeah, fun fact. Okay. So their previous records were actually 8-0. Okay. They, and, and they achieved it three times. Well, twice against Liechtenstein in 94 and 99. Okay. And uh, they both were European qualifiers and once against Kuwait. Oh. Mm. So it's interesting. That, so that now they, they have a 9-0. Yeah. So Soon so that's to be 10-0 yeah. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's our 90 minutes off. Nope. There's one more thing. That's, we're going to go <laughs> into like the, the... So we talk about record breakers yep. and all, but now, now let's let's focus on one game in particular. Okay, which game would that right, be? And you saw our thumbnail. We also we actually oh. touched on the rise of mm-hmm. Japan. Japan. So, Ben, what was the score? I think the score was 1-4. I'm, I'm a bit sad uh, because I'm, I'm a huge Germany fan. Hmm. I am, I am. Uh, I, I've liked uh, uh, Joachim jo- jo- Lowe. Yeah, that's, that's, that's Asian yeah. history really, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, anyway. But, yeah. Uh, but so so I, I feel that it was the wrong choice of manager from the start. Uh, I've never really liked this flick dude. Really? If you ask me, yeah, I never like. I don't think his style fits the national team. Uh, Bayern Munich oh, for sure, wow. but I've I've never liked him. Ever since his appointment, I, I've never openly said I've I've admired his style. Mm-hmm. I've always said, and I, I've told friends around me that I've still preferred Joachim Lowe, even though he digs his nose and does weird things. But he got Germany to where they are. But uh, you know. Uh, yeah. They they deserve the loss. That's what I'm gonna say. Uh, be- before we we, 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 we 
we, we delve deeper into yes. the why and how Germany kind of like basically did they just disintegrated. Yeah, just let's let's focus on Japan first. Oh, we should. So if you look at the screen right now, in the last four games, Japan has beaten Turkey, Germany, Peru, and El Salvador, mm. and all are convincing wins. If you look at the scores, that's a at least four goals each game. Yeah. That's freaking amazing. Their their squad are made out of talents that are playing in in the big in the big leagues. You exactly. Know, you you have those in the Premier League. I mean, even Liverpool as well. Yeah, I mean, and yeah. Endo just recently joined Liverpool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the the I just looking through their their squad, you know, their current squad. Only four players of the current twenty five men squad play yeah. in Japan. Oh, one is in Qatar. The rest are all in Europe, whether it's in Germany, wow. Scotland, England, or France. They're all in Europe. And that shows talent, no? I mean, this is just amazing. Yeah. I mean, if you no, think no, about it, like, is, it is. In fact, right, I think recently there was a there was a ranking in terms of all the best leagues in the world, right? And mm. I think Saudi Arabia was somewhat in like twenty seven yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like that. Somewhere there, I think. The J League, the J League's okay. uh, top the uh, top league, right? It's yeah. actually twentieth in the whole world. Oh, is it? They are voted the twentieth best league in the whole world. That's the J League. One. Wow, I didn't know that yes. fact. Okay. And it does on the FIFA ranking. Okay. Japan is actually 20th in the FIFA rankings. Oh, yes. It's very high, huh? It's very, very high. By contrast, Germany is only 14. So they're not very far off from Germany, actually. Like, like six places below. Exactly. Oh. And this is the second time that they've beaten Germany. I mean, oh. they, they've beaten both Spain and Germany in the World Cup, right? Yeah. They actually topped their group. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Right? But Japan is, I don't know, this, I think they're really, really a nation to watch. And they they are they are made up of players who are very skillful. They are very nimble. And they are very quick. They are. They are. They are. So, but I think most importantly, just to, to cut you a little bit there. Yeah. They work as a team very well. Oh, definitely. Very very oh, this well. This is the Japanese. Yeah. We're talking about. You know, regardless of jobs, yeah, I think yeah, yeah, Japanese yeah. in general, yeah. as a culture, you know, yeah. as a nation, they 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 really work hard together. Yeah, yeah. You know, they really champion the, the the team spirit. They do. Right. They do. They do. So, I mean, I'm not surprising that you mentioned that. And so now, now let's let's focus a little bit more about how Germany actually capitulated. Okay. Yeah. So let's go. Our, it's really pretty much a defensive disaster class, I would call it. Yeah, and, and it all started with the the formation. And not, not so much the formation, but the choosing of the players in the formation. Yeah. So I'm just gonna focus on the defense. Okay. So they, they started with a, a flat four. Mm-hmm. Joshua Kimmich started right back. Center back, you had uh, Niklas Sule and Rudiger. And left back, you uh, slaughter back. The problem with this is Kimmich, yes, he started his career as a right back, but he has been converted into a DM for the last, how much, what, four or five years? Mm-hmm. When was the last time he played right back? I don't think he played right back for a very, very long time. And suddenly, out of nowhere, he started, he needs to play right back again. And slaughter back is a centre back by trade. This is his first time starting a game at left back. Yeah. Yes. And and you know what? That, that just means. From the get-go, it's doom. Yeah, it's crazy. So, I, I think, and I have no idea why that he, they decided to play a super high defensive line. Throughout the whole game, they've all been so high. If you look at the the, 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 screen. the screen right now. Okay, this is this is a, a, a short video that we played uh, showing the third goal that they conceded. Right, so, Rudiger actually, when before he passed the ball, right, he could actually see Kubo. Okay. It's very clearly, very clearly in his line of sight, but he still passed the slaughter back, and then Kubo obviously pounced on upon him, right? And then, as you can see, he he got the ball and he started running. But if, if you just focus on um, 
the two circles over there. Rudiger was staying still, but Asano started running the moment Kubo got the ball. And then before you know it, Asano is in the lead. He has taken, he has overtaken Rudiger, and now you see such a Kubo has so much space yeah, over here. A big area. Yeah. So so this is my problem with the with the high line, and it's not just it's not just about the high line. No, they are professionals. They are defenders by trade, right? Defensive minded players by trade. I'm sure. And they can't even do the basics right of you know having a proper defensive line. They're all over the place. It's not even in a straight line. Can you just take a look at that? That is just that's basic defending. And they can't even do it right. And then true enough, because they're all jogging back, Rudiger was just jogging back and all, and then Asano. Asano was way behind. But yet he's the first one to arrive in the box. Together with Kubo. And then obviously they scored. Yep. And that led to the goal. And that, yeah, and then let's do the third goal of Japan. Mm-mm, I mean, this mm-mm. is just one illustration of how how poor Germany yeah, were. Because, they were. They were. Because throughout all throughout the whole game, they were playing such a high line. And Rudiger's not the fastest of players, to be very honest with you. No, no, Schlotterbeck is not fast enough. He's 1.91 meters and he's playing left back. You know, as a left back, right, you need to be nimble. You need to be fast. You need to always be tracking back your players because yep. of the wingers. Wingers are usually very fast, right? So the only big size left back I felt has been doing a decent job is Dan Burn at Newcastle. But otherwise, if you look at all the other fullbacks, they are always no. I, if if I'm if if I may just add also, I think Germany hasn't been putting that physical towering defense because they used to, and even when they didn't, you know, players like Philip Lam who was short, short as hell, uh, <laughs> but he could do the defensive work exactly. Yeah, you know, you had Mertesacker who was tall, but he was doing at least that that whole physical presence. Now it's just we have them, but you know. I say we because I support Germany, the, the football team. But, you know, they're not, they're not fully utilizing it. Which is why I liked it when recently they beat France. But anyway, that, that's a No, so thing. speaking of that, speaking yeah, of that, yeah, yeah. I, I just felt that the players somehow wanted to to get flick sacked. No, I, I just felt it was, a, it, was, it was a message to say, you know what, he's not suiting us. Yeah, granted, he, he so, did. So are you saying that the yeah. players intentionally played poorly? No, I wouldn't say intentionally. I just think that, you know, they are showing... So it's like, I'm going to give you this plan, follow the plan. They did follow the plan. It failed the plan and they go, you see, it's not working. And then when a new one comes in and, you know, they're trying to show that maybe... I don't know what happened, but the interim coach might have said, okay, so guys, how do you want to play? Shall we play it the way we'd always play it? And they did it and bam, look at that. When Thomas Muller scored that goal, friendly, yeah? it was a friendly, but he celebrated as if it wasn't a friendly. It was as if he wanted to prove a point. This is how you should play players. Yeah. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Probably. I mean, if you look at I mean, just going back to the, the defensive disaster class, right? So, the centre-back, Sule and Rudiger, they were actually responsible for all four goals. Mm-hmm. All four goals. Rudiger was responsible for the first goal, the third goal, we just seen in the video earlier. And Sule was responsible for the second and the fourth goal. And the main thing that they didn't do was basically keeping a tight, you know, staying tight to their, def- their, their attackers they were always very far off or they are always losing the first balls. Mm. So, I don't know. It, it just felt as if they did it on purpose. No, it, 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 it did it, feel yeah. like that. It did feel like that. Yeah, so so anyway, I mean, hopefully now with, with Flick gone and, you know, beating France hopefully gives them the boost and oh, then, you know, I'm, I'm sure it does. We can finally see the real Germany back Exactly. Alright, so, yep, guys, so that's the end of the 19 minutes of segment and we'll be moving on to the next one called the What's What with, with Who's Who. We'll see you. Welcome back to this segment of what we call What's What with Who's Who. You sound so mysterious. Okay, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so for this week's episode, we're going to focus on one thing and one thing only. And this is something which, to me, it's a little bit... 
Why? Eh? Because Van Dyke has been uh, fined 1,000... Uh, 100,000 pounds okay. and was given an additional one-match ban for his foul mouth comments on John Briggs' decision to send him off against Newcastle. Okay. Uh, before I go into what I want to say, I'd yeah. like to hear your thoughts first. Okay, first of all, they've made the rule. They made the rule that, you know, during the game, when you're on field, if the referee makes a decision... Decision should be final unless VAR overrides it. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, don't contest the referee. Yep. Um, you know, don't don't you know, just don't challenge the referee. That's basically the rule. I didn't make up the rule. You know, it's the Bota Howard Webb came up with that. Uh, so yeah, um, did he deserve the fine? Yes, yes. Did he deserve the one more match ban? No. Wow. Yeah, Why? I, okay. So to me, is the fine is quite enough. Okay. Um, adding the ban just means one thing. The referees association seems to be of a dictatorship. That's just me. That's just me. If you talk too much, we'll ban you. However, the fine is, 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 is really, you know. Justified. Yeah, justified. Be- because, you know, they set the rule. They did set the rule that when the referee makes a de- decision or is about to make a decision, you have no chance, no way should you actually influence it. Or at least, you know, uh, Go against his, his judgment. Okay. So yeah, the fine is deserved. However, should be fine more. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like hundred thousand dollar. How much are they getting? I'm just saying. So so in a way, if they want to deter, just deter with money. But don't do it with the match ban. That's just me. Interesting. Interesting. I, I do want to see them play football. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. No, because okay. She she, she now is here. My take. Here's my take. Right. Okay. What's your take? I think it's probably justified. Oh, the whole thing. The whole thing. I think it's probably ah. justified. The reason, you, and you you pointed it out because it's a rule that they set for this new season. Yeah, 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 yeah. In our first episode, we mentioned about the new rules that, yeah, has we been, did, we did. that has been implemented in this season, right? The problem right now is that they are very inconsistent in implementing those rules. So, but, but in, in Van Dyke's case, they implemented it correctly because oh. he was... And I think wh- one of the reasons why I think he was fined such a hefty amount is because it was caught on camera and it's shown all over the world. Mm. And I'll give you some examples over here. Okay, come So, when, when I, I did my research and I went to compare over to some of the okay. other um, pretty big fines that uh, players had in the EPL, the biggest of all is actually John Terry. Wow. £220,000 for that allegedly re- racially abusing Anton Ferdinand back in 2011 when QPR played uh, Chelsea. Oh. So, he was eventually not found guilty. But okay. I think because of the, uh, because of the, the, the hoo-ha and because of the the press uh, uh, coverage. Pressure. The pressure from the, the media yep, and also yep, yep, the, yep. the public. I think that's why he was fined £220,000. And Alan Pardew was his next one. £160,000 for hit-butting David, uh, David Mailer uh, when Newcastle played Hull back in 2014. And he was also handed a seven-game touchline ban. All right. There are other cases. Uh, Roy Keane was fined £150,000 for mm-hmm. admitting that he intentionally um, injured Haaland. Mm. Uh, not Erling, but his father. Elf, yeah, uh, in 20, uh, 2001. Ashley Cole was fined 90000 in 2012 for a tweet against the <laughs> FA. He, he basically called them a bunch of <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Correct. Uh, um, if, back, even in the earlier days, in 1995, you know, the, the, the infamous Eric Cantona kick against the, oh. the, the fan. Oh, yeah. He was fined £30,000 back then. He was banned for eight months. No, I went to, I went to see the inflation calculator in you know, the UK one. £30,000 oh, wow. back then is equivalent to about £60,000 this time around oh. in, in, the, in, in, the, in the modern era. So if you, look, if you think about it, right, hefty fines are usually, in my opinion, dished mm. out when there's a lot of media coverage and when it's oh. apparently shown that's so widely, so widely viewed 
around the world. So, so, so pressure does add to the, to the amount why, of fun. That's why the few, and because he, unfortunately, Van Dyke was caught in the camera shouting those explicitives, mm. expletives, mm-hmm. right? And I did, and that's the reason why I think he was, he was fine that, that amount. Uh. Is it probably justified? I agree with you. In the yeah, sense, yeah, yeah. I think it's probably justified for that it's such a heavy fine. Mm. Now, the thing I want to talk about is apparently they said all fines that's due to disciplinary actions okay. will go back into reinvesting the Premier League, I mean, the, or at least in the Football League in England. Oh, yes. I didn't know that. So, so this is according to an article uh, by The Athletic, right? So okay. the FA maintains that they operate as a not-for-profit organisation. And hence, whenever a player is fined for an, any disciplinary action, the money will be reinvested back into the football system. Oh. So just my question to them. And? How? <laughs> You're basically <laughs> saying that whatever they've been reinvesting is not working. Exactly. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm genuinely curious. Right. Like, what do they do with the money, right? Okay. So, so these are just some of my ideas that I caught up. I mean, okay. I'm just thinking oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah, off yeah, my head. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's go. Is it going to be something like they'll increase the prize money, right, for the the EFL trophy? EFL trophy is a trophy that only League One and League Two teams are competing for. So, do they increase the money for that, or do they increase the prize money for the FA trophy? FA Trophy is the trophy where only non-league uh, uh, teams get to play for. So you're talking about the fifth to the eighth tier uh, in England. So if you remember, Wrexham, Wrexham actually um, got promoted, right? They were actually in the fifth tier. So they actually competed for the FA Trophy as well. So I'm just wondering whether the money that's been taken from these players for their discipline actions, are they then channeled back into prize money for the lower leagues? Because they said they're reinvesting back, ma. Right. Correct. So how are you reinvesting back? Are you reinvesting back by rewarding the champions of these cups or are you distributing evenly out to all the teams in the lower leagues? I mean, well, if, if that, that that holds some truth or, or at least to an right. extent, oh, well, then if I'm a if I'm a championship club, I'm going to be praying that everyone gets fine every week or something. Not a championship, yeah. at least lower leagues. Oh, yeah, leagues, okay, uh. lower leagues. Uh. Yeah. No, but, but that's just my thought because ah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, genuinely curious yeah. about what do they do do did they actually do with the money they they buy pencils uh, for defenders so they can draw a line i mean i don't know so pens. i'm just very curious so if anybody out there any of you that are watching you you know exactly how the money is being used please let us know really I, i'm genuinely curious and i believe i'm we are not alone i believe there are a lot of other people who are genuinely curious people, yeah. about how this money is being utilized yeah, 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 yeah. and when that also came out say i hope it goes to a good cause i hope so too whether it's donated to charity I don't think so because they really made it very clear it's supposed to be reinvested back into English football at all levels. And I emphasize all levels. So I'm just I'm just really, really genuinely curious. Better cameras, yeah. better beer, better snacks. I don't know. Oh, that could be the reinvestment. But yeah, okay. So um, it's interesting to hear that uh, John actually says he agrees with it. So I'm going to tell you, yeah, I, I, I do agree with the ban. I mean, the, the $100,000 fine, but not the ban. And so if you, if you have your own thoughts, share with us. Let us know. We want to hear your what's what with who's who. And thank you. We'll see you guys next week. Same, next week. Same time.